Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Today's host is someone I go way back with. His name is Sean Cardinale. Sounds like a baseball player. He's a coach, writer, and activist who returned to coaching on sex and love addiction at the outset of the pandemic after a four-year hiatus. He speaks the language, and his coaching style tends to lean toward 12-step recovery, which saved his own life and livelihood 14 years ago. He's also very transparent. Sean earned his local certification through Linda Bark's holistic coaching methodology and is pursuing his ICF certification and a degree in social work. So beyond sex and love addiction, Sean's practice focuses on intimacy, relationships, divorce, dating, and the creative process. Enjoy Sean Cardinale. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Sean Cardinale, and I'm here with Gabriela Escalante. How are you doing, Gabby? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Don't let me call you Gabby again. Uh, I like Gabriella, but you do go by Gabby a lot with friends and family, don't you? Yes, and I do like Gabriella. Now, okay. I didn't used to. Was it a thing as a child? Yes, definitely. But I've learned to actually really love my name. Good, yeah. It's kind of a Hollywood name. Gabriella is coming. <laughs> I so, love that. <laughs> thank you for coming on today. Uh, it's me, Sean Cardinale, sex and love addiction coach, relationships, divorce, etc. Uh, done a lot of work in the past with um, John Kim, with the Angry Therapist and the Tat Lab, and now we're on this nice series, Gabriella, called Single on Purpose, which follows the pattern and the themes and tropes of John's book, Single on Purpose. Mm-hmm. So I know that we're going to introduce to you and give you some some airtime here and learn about how you coach and what and why and how. And it seemed like the stuff that I saw that you were doing uh, out there, putting out into the world was kind of right in line with that relationship, health and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, I'm Gabriella. I am a certified life coach. And I've currently niched down to be a relationship coach, which relationship coach meaning for all the singles who are, you know, looking date into dating, getting into relationships, but also people that are in relationships as well. And 
working on that relationship, which is the most important one with yourself. And um, usually I feel like that's where a lot of the issues come from is just that relationship that we have with ourselves. And I love, I have to say, I love the title single on purpose because I feel like a lot of people are scared to be single. <laughs> and so, and um, yeah, I just, I totally love that because like, I'm scared. I think ran over your words there. Oh no, you're totally fine. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of it is just, you know, the fear of just being lonely and not knowing what to do with yourself, especially when you have an unmanaged mind. I feel like you're scared to be alone in your thoughts. You're scared that maybe, you know, you might never ever find anyone, uh, that you're not enough, you know, people's biggest fears. And, um, but I think it, it all comes down to really just the scared of just being alone. It sounds like some of what you were mentioning sounds like catastrophizing, right? Like one thing's wrong. Oh yeah. And suddenly you think everything's wrong. I'm never going right. to I'm never gonna be, be partnered. I'm, you know, and then it goes down the line for, for my brain, it, you know, the job, the, the sex life, the love, love life, the family, right? It's all the big ones, family, love, money, money, big time. So, oh yeah. And especially too, I feel like if you're, if you're seeing that, uh, people around you are all, you know, getting married, having kids, doing everything, and you're out here still single, I feel like it brings a little bit of just, you know, insecurity and just, um, you know, that wanting and desire of wanting what other people have and thinking, what the heck is wrong with me? Why can't Mm -hmm. I have that yet? Early on. Which is not the case at all, but I feel like a lot of us, you know, our default brain goes to thinking that. Yeah, it's too bad we make those kinds of comparisons, right? Like just like mm-hmm. say, default, almost knee jerk. I had a, uh, I had a, it was either therapy or twelve step, whichever one it was. But I learned early on, um, don't compare my insides with other people's outsides. But yes. it's so. It's so easy to do though, right? Oh yeah. They, they look great, but we forget that, you know, people just walking around in their lives, doing their Mm -hmm. job in the car next to you, in the buildings and the churches and the homes, wherever you are at work, you know, shit's going on in their lives too. And I'm not saying cynically, like everybody's fucked up. (laughs) Right. Mm, There's some truth to that. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody does have shit to to work on, but um, I think. I think it doesn't have to go so extreme like the work that I, I deal with, like addiction or compulsion or anything like that. But we all right. have something some to work on. And I think, mm-hmm. too, a part of what you're mentioning is, you know, I always think of um, one, not comparing, like I said, insides and outsides, uh, which for some reason our lizard brain just loves to do. But then also, well, and with social side, media, too. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. See, here no, we go. Right. <laughs> it's going to be like this for a half hour. That, that right? Brandon, the sound editor, is going to be like, what the fuck am I going to do with all this? Audio? <laughs> but yeah, especially now with social media and like not just comparing, you know, your, your people are comparing their lives to other people and, you know, they're wanting to have that perfect Instagram life, that perfect Instagram family. And um, social media has really been huge when it comes to like, people getting stuck in the comparison trap when it typifies the exact thing we're talking about it's specifically so i mean we make highlight reels we make stories mm-hmm. we, we yeah. they're highly edited and uh, uh what do you call it curated right it's not well in some of the work that you and i do 
And I know that definitely the work, well, I won't speak for you, but I've seen your reels. I've seen what you put out there. I've seen your content. We'll get to that too. Mm-hmm. Cause I want to, I want you to tell your you know superhero origin story and, you know, get into why you got into coaching in the first place, but with the stuff yeah. that you put out, I think a lot of the stuff that we do, if we're talking about relationships, intimacy, vulnerability, sex, love, um, you know, coupling that you are going to get into the warts and all stuff. And so my shares, and I think some of what I've seen from you, it, it is more vulnerable. It is more like, Ooh, oh yeah, that's not, that's not exactly the like glossed over Kim Kardashian, you know, perfect little, little Instagram share. It's like, nope, here for the real shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that can be hard for people, but I think it's super important, especially when you're trying to build that trust with people and, you know, wanting them to see that you're freaking human too. And you're going through the same things that they're going through, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, we're all in this together and we're all in here to better ourselves. And it's, you know, I don't have the perfect life. And, you know, we, ha- we have more similarities than people think. I, you have very specifically at times popped up because you are a, you're like a, you remind me of, of John Kim a little bit because you have so much content coming out. You're like, to me, it seems like you've mastered this, this social media thing quite a bit. And like, there's always something out there. And then if we were, we were either texting or, or, or IMing or, or something the other day, emailing. And I was like, you're sitting on like a, like a pile of content. You put content out like daily. And you're like, yeah, I stuff I haven't even put out yet. I'm like, what the fuck? When did you like time travel to like get all that recorded? That's insane. That's insane. So all, all that said though, sometimes you'll jump in very clearly and be like, I know I come on with all this energy and positivity and, and mm-hmm. I don't talk to positivity, but positivity and encouragement, but my shit's real too. And then you'll show like outtakes or, you know, like explain oh, yeah. day or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely important. And the key to all of that, to the content thing is batch, batching your content. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> I, Game changer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I have not yet. <laughs> nailed that down i'm all sporadic and everywhere that's why i do lives and then just record yes easier for my adhd brain instead of sitting for hours but that said i thought this is funny but this is how we'll go into your story because i thought you were going to say not batch but the you know the the key to it all is vulnerability (laughs) but you're like no you're being very entrepreneurial which is here's how we here's how we can segue to your origin story you and i became acquainted through um high impact coaching Yes. Um, and I characterize that because you have your, I have a certificate from somebody else, from Linda Bark, um, this holistic coaching. And then I want to get my International Coaching Federation, you know, like cert, my global cert. So that's like, okay, nice little stamp that's of approval, right. like better, mm-hmm. better housekeeping, right? And all that, you know, better business mm-hmm. type shit for coaches. Um, but HIC for me reminded me of like an entrepreneurial take on coaching. And I don't mean that cynically. And yeah. so that's where I became acquainted with you. Mm-hmm. And is that when you first jumped in? Tell us how you got into coaching and what brought you there. Yeah. So when I actually, what brought me into coaching was, it's an interesting story because I never, I never really decided, okay, like I want to be a life coach. Like this is what I'm going to do. It just kind of like fell into my lap. And it was after a um, my last breakup. So my last relationship was where I really started applying a lot of these things. And, and we can go into this later on more about talking about masculine and feminine energies, but that's where I experienced being more in my feminine energy. Mm 
and just really starting to open up a little bit more, changing my mindset, um, and really just becoming a different person. And so, um, as I was going through some group coaching myself, I was starting to help my friends. And, um, one of my friends suggested like, Gabby, you should be a life coach. Like I remember that call so clearly because she was like having an anxiety attack. And within a few minutes after I was like talking to her, like she was totally calm, like super, like was able to think logically. And, um, and she was like, Whoa. And I remember like, as I was like talking to her, like, I was like, I almost felt like it wasn't me talking because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying, but this is good. Like, this mm. is good stuff. <laughs> Was channeling you were channeling it was uh, exactly you were just the, uh, <laughs> cool. and so um and so i was like hmm. and you know how your phone hears you whenever you're like talking and then i started getting all these ads for life coaching and training and all of that and so i was like you know what i'm just gonna try it like what what is it gonna do so i got this course and um i started going through the course and i i liked it but it wasn't like I did not feel ready to be coaching people. And so then I went through a different, I got certified through that program, but then I went through a different program and I totally fell in love with that one. So I started practicing with my family members, practicing with people. And I started just really feeling the transformation within myself. And um, so I was like, you know what? Like, I really like this. I'm just going to go for it. That's when I ran into high impact coaching. I got into there. I remember the first day that you, they introduced you into the group and they talked about what you were doing or, or you went on there, you did your live. And I was just like, oh, I love what he's doing. I was so like magnetically pulled to you because um, and I think I even reached out and told you some, or I don't know, maybe I just thought it, but, um, I remember thinking like, I, I love what you're doing. I feel like it's important and it's very needed. And so that's when I just kind of started, um, I think I added you on there at the time and then, um, just seeing your things. I'm just like, I love that you are really good at just showing your personality, like who you are. <laughs> Like Thanks. every other word is a swear word, but I, I love that you're just like, you're being yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if the, I, I, every podcast and almost every conversation, I have to apologize if someone knew that you are oh, no. some colorful language, but uh, I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad you reached out. And, and I mean, similar to you, I mean, your, your relationship coaching and, you know, like you said, we'll get to the masculine and feminine in a little mm -hmm. bit. But I mean, it has to, I don't know any other way, John Kim, author of, you know, Single on Purpose, mm -hmm. he has for years, well before that, like even with his earliest books, he would, he has this catchphrase, um, uh, casual, not clinical or casual over clinical. And oh. that's where the, I mean, you speak pretty, you know, fluidly and just naturally. And, you know, we, we decided to do this podcast because we were just like bullshitting, like we got to record this. We got to like, yeah, it's a good conversation. We got to record, record it and share each other's coaching experiences and see what we can share with others who are listening in. And, um, yeah, so I totally dig that 
casual over clinical thing. It's not like lay back and tell me about your mother and father. It's not old school. Like, right. Oh, one thing. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you have that approachability too. And um, that just, you know, naturalistic style as opposed to anything too coarse or cold or calculating. Yes. And so I think that's a, a strength of yours as well. Um, and so speaking of that, was there anything specific and I'm not going to like grill you. I'm not trying to do that, but was there anything specific in that relationship or the end, the demise of that relationship that then sort of clicked as far as what can I do? It was, was it your own work on yourself? And then you're like, and then you saw how some of what you were applying for yourself worked with your friends or what was the transition from the, you know, what's the relationship between the coaching and the end of that relationship, like the bridge, if any, if any, well, if not, I then, definitely, then no, actually I can think of a very specific, very specific thing. So I don't think I've ever shared this. So, but I remember I, so I'm in law enforcement, I've been in law enforcement for quite a bit. That's going to be eight years next month. And, um, I had been wanting to do something different, right? I had been wanting to do something different. And at the time I had been talking to my ex-boyfriend about how I, you know, wanted to get out of that. I wanted to try something else. He was very big into business and he had his own business and he just had this very big business mindset. And so I remember one of like the last conversations that we had, we were eating and um, it was a pretty serious conversation. It was a pretty deep conversation. And I told him, um, we were talking about work again and he, and he looks at me and he goes, Gabby, you keep talking about how, you know, you don't want to be there anymore and how you want to do something different, but you're not doing anything to do that. Or he said something along those lines. And I remember thinking like, at first I was like, what the heck? Why are you saying that to me? You know, it's the emotions. It's the emotions. But then like after like a couple of seconds, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like I'm here just complaining. Like I'm not doing anything. And so, um, and that was one of the last conversations that we had. And yeah. And one of the last, and so right after that, it was when I fell in love with the coaching and I was like, this is what I want to do. I was like, I was making all the connections like, okay, like this is, you know, <laughs> he dropped some, he dropped, he gave you like a little pearl, a little pearl to, 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 to ruminate over. And then you both like bounce from the relationship. Like, I'm going to take that pearl with me. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It is true. There was a lot of little pearls that he left me. There was a lot of little pearls that he left me, but um, But yeah, there's so many. Was was expired though, which is what something John says. And I don't know. I better, I better learn a little bit more about that term before I use it, but, but the relationship was done, but you still had plenty that you learned from each other. Yes. And that's, it's, it's funny because we never officially broke up. Like I, I created my own closure for the relationship mm-hmm. and, um, I learned how to do that. And that's like, it was, that was huge for me because I'm like, I've never been like, I don't know if I wouldn't say I was ghosted, but in a way I kind of was mm. like, I kept trying to have a conversation like, okay, like 
we're going to end this. Like, let's just end it. But like, let's talk. Right. And then that conversation never ended up happening. Like there was always be an excuse for, for it. And so then I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. And then I, I made the decision and I said, I am done. And then I just moved on. (laughs) Did you do any kind of, you know, some people do like ceremonies. Yeah. It sucks to have a relationship sort of, uh, in like a slow demise, like a breakup by attrition, you know, no one's mm-hmm. really saying anything, or at least he wasn't, you know, they weren't, but, um, but then it's just sort of like dying slowly on the vine. And then was there a specific, yeah, ceremony action? Did you, did you journal something now? Did you go take a run or a hike or go pray? What? I definitely, I, I, yeah, a lot of the above. Um, you know, it's interesting because he, I don't think I've mentioned this before either, but he had a daughter. He has a daughter and I got really attached to her and it was harder for me to get over her than it was for me to get over him. Mm. And that was huge for me, but I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of, um, it's funny because for him, like I'm a crier, I'm a huge crier, but for him, I, I didn't cry very much, but for her, anytime I would talk about her, oh my gosh, it was like, the tears would start flowing and and I just I was so I got so attached to her that that part was hard. <laughs> and it was like I learned so many things about myself in that relationship and during the breakup and everything. Um but uh yeah, definitely lots of journaling, lots of uh praying. I I at the moment too, I was doing like virtual Bible studies with some friends too and uh they were very encouraging and um very they were there for me through the whole thing as well. And I think just like his actions and what he chose to do after I decided that it was over, it really was super helpful for me to be able mm. to move on as well. Cause I'm like, okay. Oh, I am glad <laughs> I'm out. No, that, that just reinforced it. Thank you very much. Exactly. Confirmation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, right. I'll take that receipt. Um, <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So in a way, have you been, uh, we've got a, I tell the, listeners i'm honest i'm like i have like a little outline or else i'll fucking keep gabriella here for like two hours and just ramble i told you we could talk forever i know (laughs) you're totally you're totally right so what uh, now that you're talking about how broke up uh got into coaching what does then what's your take on single on purpose how does that resonate with you and are you doing that right now are you uh open to dating? Are you, are you sharing that kind of ethos with clients? Yeah. So, um, like I've mentioned to you, I love being single and I love being in a relationship. Currently I'm single right now and I, um, I am busy building my business and getting all of that. I am not closed off to dating, but it's not my focus right now but I'm not closed off to it. Definitely open to it. And, um, 
it's it's interesting because I I think most of my life I've been single. And I know I have a lot of friends who have not been single for a long time. Like they're usually going from one relationship to another, to another. Serial monogamy or serial. Yes. And I am the type that I, I love being single and this isn't, this wasn't always the case, but I've learned to really just love that time period, that experience, because I've learned to know myself and I've learned to be able to, um, do what I want to do and just go after what I want to do and, and just be happy by myself, mm -hmm. which is hard for some people. I feel like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, sure, sure. but, um, yeah, I think being, being single is one of like the greatest gifts. Like if you really learn to just be in it and just allow yourself to take whatever comes with it. Like, I think, I feel like you can learn so much about yourself and just, prepare yourself for when the right person comes and you have that relationship it's just going to be so much better but i also love being in a relationship i love mm -hmm. i love love that's one thing i always preach is like i i love being in love and i've been in love a couple of times and and i think it's just the most beautiful thing in the world and i even though i've you know had the experiences that i've had had the relationships that i had breakups that i've had like i am not closed off and i am not you know, guarding myself or, you know, wanting to not give my love because I'm afraid of being hurt. Like that's something that I've been able to heal and mm. heal from. And, um, I absolutely love that because I learning how to deal with breakups has allowed me to be able to fully give myself to people and not be afraid that if it doesn't work out, like, I'm going to be fine. I know how to deal right. with the breakup. Right? right. But I wouldn't, I would regret not giving them my all if I, um, if I, you know, hold back. Right. So right. that sounds really, that sounds super healthy and, you know, sort of aligned and has a lot of integrity. And I, what I've said about being single, especially with the coaching work that I do and the people I talk to and my own personal experience mm -hmm. is, um, and unfortunately people listening to the podcast are going to hear this little, this one little part of the story, like 18 times after, <laughs> after all these different podcasts. But, um, no, I had, when I divorced and I was already, uh, sober, I was already abstinent from my bottom line bullshit, yeah. porn, the dangerous sex, the, the emotional cheating, all that kind of shit. Yeah. And, but we, but we got divorced anyway. And that said, it's very good divorce, very good co-parenting, good relationship. Mm -hmm. Divorce was necessary and healthy. Um, but then my sponsor and my therapist at the time were like, and you're taking a year off. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> at first I was like, no, dude, I'm like, what was I? It's years ago. I wasn't even, I wasn't even 40. I'm 49 now. I wasn't even 40 yet. And, um, and I was like, dude, I'm in like my late thirties. I'm in my prime. I'm going to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 pack it up. What the fuck? And uh, they were like, mm, no, you're not. Um, and, and it was crucial for the same reasons that you're saying, get to know myself. Um, yeah. Get to just have a day and a month and a year with myself day mm -hmm. in and day out. Um, pay attention. I'm journaling. I'm doing my 12 step stuff. I'm doing all the things I, I, uh, I, I don't, you should, 
kind of lose that word very often, but uh, the things that were healthy for me to do yeah, and mm-hmm. that I was being guided to do. Um, and it was also crucial because it's true that um, I went into that last relationship, that marriage in the addiction, got, you know, started to sober up in the marriage. But now they were totally right. Like the whole world yeah. was veiled and I could have fucked that up easily without mm-hmm. the same kind of, you know, without the same kind of Obi-Wan's guiding me, right? I could have just, <laughs> just gone off the deep end. And that's okay. People lose their sobriety all the time, behavioral addiction or, you know, substance abuse. And then yes. come back on. It's like, okay, take that as a fucking lesson, a hard one, but let's keep going forward. Mm-hmm. But um, it was important that they set those guardrails, those boundaries for me, because then I could do and focus on what you're talking about. I could, there wasn't any distraction, you know, in my, my, you know, the sort of sine wave of emotions and sexuality and need for intimacy and sensuality and all of that. It was, it wasn't like this, like neon light. It was like, how about I just be here right now and get to know myself. Yeah. And, and also because it's so crucial see what I can do with my recovery by myself. Do I, do I need, and one crucial thing, Gabriela, was that it, it was, it was important for me to learn that I don't need somebody else, not only in the sense that you're talking about, I'm good with myself. Yeah. Whatever reason, my career, my this, my that, all the things that I want to pursue and do, but also I can be sober on my own. I can still yes. keep my, my program of recovery. Mm-hmm. Not fuck around. I don't need someone as like a bulwark or a fire door, you know, um, I can just do it. And, and with my sense of a higher power and all of that and the fellowship, and it's not right. Mm-hmm. It's not me alone. It's not solo, but still not having that bulwark, that kind of like, almost like, Ooh, I don't want to fuck that up because of the relationship. No, I don't want to fuck it up because of me. For me. My, yeah. Yeah. I want to keep my integrity. So. That's awesome. So did you end up enjoying that year that at first you were like, what? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, I have to go back to my journaling and stuff to find out what was going on. Um, but I did because the end of the divorce, I mean, all divorces, well, I'm going to say most divorces yes. suck. And ours was actually pretty amicable, but, mm-hmm. you know, tempers would still flare. And so what was important was that I had that year and could go through the emotions of the wake of the divorce and all my emotions could cool. Right. Yeah. And I could get to learn how to navigate now divorce, post-divorce life and co-parenting. And I mean, I had to start from the bottom. I, I don't know how much of that story I've even told like John or anybody, but I mean, I didn't have a car, a job or many prospects when we divorced and I, and I gave everything up to, I was like, keep the house, keep everything. You've got the kids. We're going to like, wow. but just the circumstances were pretty shitty. I totaled a car. I had to bounce to like a couple different places to live and I had to get a new job real fucking quickly. So yeah. So why would I be fucking around as a recovering sex and love addiction addict anyway? Yeah. Involving somebody else or, ha- or or bringing someone in as like some kind of weird need or craving that yeah. maybe doesn't come from a healthy place. Instead, why don't I oh, get a fucking roof over my head and make some money and get out of debt and pay, you know, uh, uh, the bills that I owe and, and all that shit. You know, as much as that. you're making it sound like it's common sense, it's really not common sense. And a lot of people <laughs> don't think that. A lot of people think, you know what, I'm going to, you know, go find someone. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be alone. Like, you know, I just go find someone and blanket. do it. Yeah. Right. As opposed <laughs> to like a, like a, a more even killed need or want for a relationship. <laughs> no, totally. Totally. Like, yeah. Some, I mean, I, yeah. Like security blanket or like pacifier. No, totally. Mm-hmm. No, no, just, just, I'll just do me. But I, I did fight them at first. I didn't, I didn't fight them, but I was like, bitch, what? I was really, 
annoyed because I want to just go out. I want to go back out of California, <laughs> meet up with my old high school buddies who I'm still in touch with, right? 30 plus years yes. old. Like, let's go. Let's go to the, and they're all married. It was like, let's go, let's go to the bar. That's like, fucking, like, let me be the drunk asshole and you guys take care of me. No. So anyway, they kept me on the straight and narrow. Before we're too far along, so of course we're already like a half hour into this without even. Oh, jeez. Um, so let's, let me pivot kind of hard. Sorry for the 90 degree turn, everybody. But um, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Um, let me know. Let us know what's up with masculine and feminine energies and why that current focus or sort of a, a newer focus, is that fair to say of your yeah. coaching style or, or attention? What's mm -hmm. that yeah, definitely. So I recently started learning about masculine and feminine energy and it really, really got my attention because I realized that I had been operating out of my masculine energy for the longest time. And even in my relationships, I feel like that's what was really messing me up. And um, I started learning that what I really wanted was to feel safe, to be safe, and to allow myself to be more in my feminine energy. But I didn't know it at the time. But learning what I did, it was all starting to make sense. And I had to do so much work within myself. So a brief description of what masculine and feminine feminine energy is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I like the jackass that I am, but I, you know, people are so <laughs> to um, um, attachment styles and shadow work. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like baby nuts, like training wheels, kindergarten with that stuff. And yeah. masculine and feminine energy, like offhand, I have an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. To those of us, like more people listening specifically what you mean. Yeah, definitely. So the masculine energy is, um, you know, very driven, very logical. You know, you get, you want to get from point A to point B. Okay, let's do this. Um, very assertive. You know, it's the provider, it's the protector. Um, you know, when you think of, and I was, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, that protective father figure that you think of that's like the masculine energy uh the feminine energy is more of just you know someone who's more in touch with your emotions someone that um is very grounded and and you know the energies they are something that just it's it's just energy right it's just energy everybody has both masculine and feminine energies the feminine energy um, is a lot more soft. It's gentle. You know, it's that nurturing side of us. And um, I, like I said, I, I realized that I was acting way more out of my masculine energy in my relationships. Like I wanted the control. I wanted to be the one to make the decisions. I wanted to always be the... I guess you could say even like like the head of the relationship. The alpha. The alpha, yeah, exactly. What is it? But isn't that but is that okay? It it can be, yes. Okay. It totally can be. But like I said, I was realizing that what I really wanted deep internally, like what I really wanted was to be in my more in my feminine. Mm. Obviously, and that's when no it comes balance. to relationships. 
Okay. Yes. Because obviously when I am working on my business, that's a very, you know, I have to get stuff done and I turn my masculine energy on and I get stuff done and I, you know, I just do it right. When I'm at the gym, my masculine energy gets on all the way and I'm there and I focus and I'm there for what I do. And that's it. Like, and don't me, bro. Like, I pretty lights. much like, don't even like, fuck yeah, yeah. Like, you see right now? I'm, I'm in my zone. Don't fuck around. Um, uh, <laughs> but there's times where I want to be in my feminine energy, you know, and I want to, um, you know, explore that side. And so just the, having that balance, but in, as far as relationships, that's where I realized I really wanted to just be more in my feminine and not so much in my masculine. I was not the type of person to tell you what I was feeling or to express my emotions. And mm. when I was stuck in my masculine energy, I really wanted to, uh, I would just bottle everything in and I would build that resentment. And then one day, obviously everything would come out. I would explode. Yes. Um, but I, in that sense, in my past relationships, I was always in my masculine and I was afraid to open up. I was afraid to be vulnerable. I was afraid to, you know, tell people how I really feel. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I tell you, that's what I really wanted to change is that mainly that all of that stuff and just letting go of the control and letting, letting myself be loved and you know, be protected and, mm -hmm. and, you know, have that different, different side. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and, and people talk so much. I mean, everybody from like big, you know, big names like Brene Brown to just plenty of the coaches, therapists, yes, shamans, astrologers, you know, anyone talking about energy or psychology or emotions or chemistry. Um, I'm losing my train of thought it has mentioned, um, a, a balance, but also, uh, 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 yeah, I, I, I lost it. I'm going to go back to, <laughs> I'm going to go back to what we were talking about before we started to record though. Yeah. Which was, do you think that your, um, and I'll try to get that thread. Sorry, everybody that I just lost ADHD town. Mm -hmm. I'll try to get it back. But before we were recording, we were talking about, um, parenting and your folks yes. and that your mother, I think you said your mother was more of the masculine energy the masculine okay yes and do you think that that's it was sort of bequeathed then you kind of learned from her or not necessarily? oh yeah yeah definitely okay. and even taking it back to my grandma <laughs> i recently went to mexico because i my grandpa he um had wasn't doing so well and so i ended up going to to help out and it was just so funny like i was just Oh, so aware of how, um, you know, with all this training that I've had and now that I'm a life coach and just watching the dynamics of their relationship, like so many things made sense. And I was like, okay, that's, that's where that comes from. That's the reason why my mom is that way, you know? And it was that whole thing where I was talking about how, um, when women are more in their, masculine energy they tend to attract more passive men and mm. it, it all comes back to that polarity you know someone has to be more masculine and then someone has to be more feminine otherwise it's not gonna it's gonna be a very hard relationship whether that's whoever whatever gender it is it doesn't 
you said, it, does it have to be that way earlier? And I'm like, no, a woman can be more masculine and the, the man or, you know, whatever can be more in their feminine. But as long as, you know, one is more on one end, the other one is more on the other. That's where like the polarity starts to work. Um, so, so what's the implication? What's the implication of, it was one of your more recent shares. And I think it might be an ad and feel free to plug. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but I think it was an ad for uh, like a, a, a mini get together or retreat or confab that you are like hosting or something. I think it, it seemed like it was a group of folks who were getting together all at once and maybe I'm wrong. Yes. But, no, you're right. But when you mentioned as part of that uh, uh, ad or that share that um, women who are, correct me if I'm, if I'm putting words in your mouth, are not wanting or are frustrated by a passive uh, partner because they're too masculine and then that person becomes too feminine or quote unquote passive, what's, what's the implication? Like, is it, is it because that's not what they want and that's what they keep attracting? Is it like a law of attraction thing? I, a little bit. Um, but yeah, definitely. I feel like it's like, I, like I was talking about the whole polarity thing. When you're mm -hmm. more in your masculine, you're going to attract someone more in their feminine, someone who's, who's lacking that masculinity. And so that's kind of where they start to connect or I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. And this is something super new to me that I am just starting to mm. research and something that I'm working on. Um, it's, it's my next project that I have coming up. Um, and so because yeah, it's a trend that I've been just really seeing with, uh, very highly independent women mm -hmm. that have owned their own businesses and, um, they're single mm -hmm. and they're like, why the heck am I still single? And why do I keep attracting the same males that, you know, my guess and is that they are wanting a masculine figure as a, you know, as a partner, but they're not attracting that. And it, the reason for that is because they're stuck in their masculine. So they're attracting the, the opposite, which is someone more in their feminine energy, someone more passive, someone more, you know, needing what she is providing. Okay. Well then, We'll have to come back like at a, a part two when we're not already like 40 minutes in and just oh, what, gosh. what, what you're you know, <laughs> studying and learning up on and, and, and getting to know. So we'll definitely yeah. come back around to it because for me, it's also interesting because there are, uh, like a share I did today was both overlapping the, um, all of this emotional, spiritual, psychological work as far as individuals, how we interact, like you're saying, uh, yes. this next partner, this next potential partner, what's their energy, what's mine, where are they coming from, where am I coming from, and what baggage do we bring? But also, I'm big on the cultural part of it, right? I mean, not only mm. do, I, oh, yes. do I work in those areas? I mean, you said going down to uh, Mexico, I'm sure there's plenty you could you could speak on as far yeah. as a particular culture and roles, just, just like we could about America. Whether it's Mexico, America, Japan, Russia, mm -hmm. you know, I, I mean, there are these sort of dictated roles and yeah. we tend to get stuck in them if we don't have the awareness around them culturally, much less emotionally. 
And, yes. uh, yeah, it was just even a share today that I, that I was going over, like, uh, you know, not only do I have to, it, it's just, the, it's the nature and nurture thing. So maybe the nature is the, the stuff that's come from hundreds of years of, um, you know, evolution, hundreds, <laughs> thousands of years of, <laughs> of, of evolutionary stuff and, and, and emotional and, and psychological, but, but also the cultural, but also the cultural and, and, you know, what, like you said, you saw your own traits that yes. you know, that were from your mom, from your grandma as well. And so yeah. carried down that way. And so I'm always trying to leave a little door open for that. And sometimes I get scared of it because people think I'm trying to get political or whatever. And I am very, oh, no. get me wrong. When, <laughs> when we're not recording, we can go all day on, you know, uh, anything going on in America right now that anybody wants to opine on. That's not yeah. the best word right here, but I'm saying that there is that part as well. There's energetic, there's emotional, there's our upbringing. And then yeah. there's also that, that last little bit. Like, Definitely. Uh, you know, how, how men are, we were sharing before we got on that I was raised by a single mom until I was nine or 10. Mm -hmm. And um, I developed very late. So I look like a, I think I told you I look like a sixth grader when I was in like <laughs> the 10th grade. Right? I was like, Jesus Christ, when, when are the balls going to drop and some hair grow? And, yeah. um, and so I always tended to early on and not having any, I had some good uncles who were actually very good role models, but I wasn't living with them day in and day out. And they really right. were, I thank God just even for those two men, you know, yeah. because I had one dad who abandoned at birth and then another dad who didn't go so great, you know, off and on once he was in the picture when I was 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And so I always felt like I was very in touch with my feminine side because I was mm -hmm. raised for so much by my mom, just the two of us. Then my, my cousins, you know, of the 17 of us, uh, first cousins, only four of us were boys. So, yeah. uh, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of feminine energy always around there were a lot of women I was always interacting with and socialized by, and again, acculturated by. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So since you say that you've been more in touch in your feminine side, which um, uh, I did a live with a different coach a few days ago, and we talked about how her and I were both on the same page that we love a man that can be in his feminine energy and isn't afraid to be in his feminine energy. Just having that balance, right? Because um, I feel like some people will go way over and just want to be in their masculine all the time or be in their feminine all the time. But I feel like there has to be that balance and, you know, that little game of dancing with both energies. But uh, for you, like, since you said you felt like you were more in your feminine energy, do you feel like you attracted more women in their masculine energy? Wow. That's, it's a great question. And the sh very short answer is probably, probably yes. I, I think in my marriage, my, my, you know, now divorce, my, my, my ex-wife, I think 
See, I have to be careful because I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about in that room, <laughs> other than what I feel and, and I've experienced. And yeah. I can say two things and then I'm like, wait, am I walking in stereotypes or not? So I'm going to be careful with, with what I say. She and I were both very strong willed. So I do mm -hmm. have, and here's another thing. Now I'm going to throw another like, like woo woo layer and go like, not woo woo. I, I didn't mean that disparagingly, but uh, you know, we're both Sagittarius's. We both yeah. came from abuse and neglect and we both had to parent, like we were the parents, we parented our uh, parents, uh -huh. right? So, uh, so then there's that, um, lots of similar maladaptive qualities because we had to fucking survive as kids. Yes. Yeah. And I think as, so as much as I was in touch with, well, it's my mom and that's, that's kind of when I go and meet people in school, when I was a schoolboy, and then going into junior high, and then it started to change around high school necessarily, there was a lot more feminine because I felt like more open and vulnerable. And I did not, I was not beating on my chest gorilla style, yeah. hyper masculine at all in junior high, even when the hormones were all like exploding and <laughs> frontal lobe and adolescence and turning to teenager and all that. That said, I think there was a part of this, like my expired relationship with my divorce, um, where we were both maybe overcompensating. And if you want to call that masculine, sure, because we need a control. So there's yes. also something about trauma and loss and addiction. And, and we both had that on, 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 in our respective families and okay. together, holy shit, mm -hmm. personalities, creative, both very right brained, um, both artists, uh, both sages. Um, and both coming from these traumatic experiences where yeah. I, I got to control, like I got to be the one, like, who's the boss? And that was right. very hard to negotiate. So I can say that for sure with that relationship, other relationships that have to like go one by one and we're definitely not going to take time to do that right Yeah, now. it's but, a lot. <laughs> but as a, as a sort of epilogue to that, share my current relationship, because I think I was talking with you a little bit about that, is mm -hmm. I'm pretty fucking good now at listening more than mansplaining or over okay i know i know i've interrupted you like 18 times during the podcast <laughs> but, um that's just i'm gonna put that on my adhd not on some chauvinism not on some latent chauvinism <laughs> but um but i all of this work i tend to think of a lot of this work as a betting or 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 helping not a betting um strengthening the feminine but at the same time stepping into whatever ever energy is is more helpful more useful more healthy in a given moment so okay yeah right and i'm yeah. not trying to like make it all I, I idealized or anything but when i've had and i did have that conversation before we recorded with my <laughs> girlfriend who was pretty we're pretty new um, but we're having a great time and it's uh you know we're both middle-aged and so we have a lot of water under our bridges and I'm just about the communicating, yeah. putting it out there, whatever yeah. energy that's coming from. I'm also listening more than I used to. Yeah. And also, Gabriela, I'm not nearly as triggered as quickly as I am. And if I am, I'm, I'm cooling and then responding rather than reacting. And I'm not saying it's perfect. It's, it's, it's ugly. There are conversations that don't end well. There's like a half day where no one's talking. It's like, okay, just go to your neutral corners. <laughs> When that's have, awesome have, yeah i mean I'm, I'm really grateful when when we have had you know again we're new but um we're still kind of even in the, in the, in the honeymoon phase it's, it's been like a handful of months um 
when it's been difficult, there's been a lot of like listening, share, listen, share, listen. And I think yeah. from our respective therapy backgrounds and mm-hmm. also a need, and also a really strong desire this late yeah. in the game, 45 years old and 49 years old, the two of us to be like, Hey, this is really good right now. And holy shit, we met each other middle, middle age. Let's listen and not repeat, you know, yeah. the fuck ups, the stumbles of the past. I love that. You know, it's so funny because I, I think about this sometimes. I'm like, I wonder how my next relationship is going to be. Like knowing what I know now, like I want to put this stuff into practice and see if it's actually, you know, it's a lot of things, you know, it's easier said than done. Right. And I can preach about things and I can talk about how we should be doing certain things. And then when it comes to actually doing it, I'm like, wait, what, <laughs> you know? So exactly. So I love to see that you're practicing, you know, all those things. And I hope to also be doing that in my next relationship. But I, sometimes I get very curious, like, I wonder if, you know, how I think I need to be in my next relationship or how I want to show up in my next relationship. I wonder if I'm actually going to. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious about that. Well, that's, I mean, I think we may actually be coming to the the end of our little show here, because I think that sort of encapsulates, it'd be cool if we came back, maybe you're in a relationship then, maybe you're not. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll give an update on mine. And, uh, and then we'll hear more about, you know, how you've uh, grown with this work with your clients and, and you, you work with only women. Is that right? I do. Yes. Currently. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that may change in the future, but for now it's just women. (laughs) Okay. Got it. Got it. No, that that's, that's great. And, um, do you want to, I don't know, you should plug, I mean, you're all over Instagram. Are you on Facebook too? I am not doing much on Facebook. Not doing much there. Do a- I cannot keep track of too many social medias. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how people are doing like I that don't know. and TikTok and Instagram. I'm like, dude, do you have, what do you do in your day besides batch? I know Seriously? we got real batches all the time, but we do So we'll have to come back around to all this, but I, I appreciate you, you jumping on. And I'm trying to figure out a way, if you want to share something again, like a, a sort of wrap it all up. I mean, it's single on purpose. We're talking mm-hmm. about feminine and masculine and that maybe that's what people can discover when they're not, when they're in between relationships and try not to run to the next one. Yes. Right? Just be with yourself and then maybe they can get a barometer, you know, yeah. check the temperature on like masculine, feminine. What does that mean for me? Right. You know, what do you have Which one are you in the most? And, you know, and right. figuring all that stuff out beforehand. That's, it's very Is helpful. There- versus versus uh, feminine energy and also i gotta be careful not be like just completely heteronormative because it could be two people who are of the same gender or identifies however they identify and still have those energies right? oh everybody has energies yeah, yeah everybody has masculine and feminine energy no matter what gender you are and um you know that's or where the player yeah exactly um that's where the polarity thing comes in and it's okay. just you know so yeah all right well we'll come back another time and thank you for this see we did go over the 45 minutes i was trying to shut the fuck up and keep it's good to introduce you know uh, get to talk about this a little bit and yeah we'll have to come back yeah thank you so much for having me on this was so much fun i love talking about this kind of stuff i'm glad i'm glad i do thanks for your time Gabrielle. you're welcome take care you too I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, 
please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media. No ads, no algorithms. We got forums. We got live groups. We got webinars. And we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.